We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated on Fan Nation. And we got a huge pod today, Coaching Carousel. Uh, It has made its way to the Pac-12 Conference, USC making the splash hire of Lincoln Riley, hiring him away from Oklahoma. Today, I am joined by All Trojans publisher Claudette Montana-Pattison, covering the USC Trojans. Claudette, you know, it's it's probably been a wild 24 hours for you. How are you doing with all this stuff? I got about six of these already in the in my system. <laughs> um, it has been a crazy 24 hours. I mean, the USC Athletic Department kept this all very quiet. No one had any idea that this was going down. Lincoln Riley wasn't even really a name on most people's watch lists. You know, it was the, it was the classic, like, five names. Mel Tucker, James Franklin, Dave Aranda, those type of guys. So, this really came out of left field, but I can tell you that everyone within the media, all the USC alumni, all the fans, everyone is really excited. And today we're going to hear from uh, Coach Riley at 3 p.m. So I'm excited to get down there, ask him some questions, talk to him. So it's going to be a fun day. I think one of the great questions that we could start with here, you talk about how it kind of came out of left field, caught some folks by surprise. Um what, what do you think that the Lincoln Riley hire means for USC, given everything that's been going on in the program over the past couple of years and, and ultimately the trajectory of the Pac-12 maybe? Well, I think for a lot of USC fans, we're not expecting a hire like this. I think that you could have gotten a guy like Matt Campbell. You could have gotten a guy like Dave Aranda, potentially, obviously, if they were interested. And, and those would have been considered you know good hires. But this is almost like a level up. And I think it really shows the investment that USC is willing to place on trying to build back their brand of of being a premium football program. They want to be a a team like Oregon that's competing for, you know, national titles, uh, Pac-12 championships. They want to be up there. They don't want to be a team that's not even full eligible four and seven like they are currently right now. So I think this really shows that the athletic department is going all in. They went big. They got a big hire. Um, And I think. They're trying to prove to the fan base that they are investing in the future of USC football, which is really exciting. In Lincoln Riley, the Trojans are getting a proven winner, a guy who has absolutely rolled through the Big 12 uh, in recent years uh, in Norman, and a guy who can recruit at a high level. I definitely want to get into that a little bit. I know you did a a video on kind of the recruiting impact, so um, we can talk about that in a second. But one of the we have some viewer questions that I wanted to get to, and one of them we were already going to talk about. And the question 
for that, Claudette, is do you think Oklahoma joining the SEC played a role in Lincoln Riley leaving? I believe it was reported that he wasn't, you know, a big uh, supporter of that move. And, and obviously now that he's coming out West, he's not going to be playing in the SEC with the Sooners. Right. Well, I think if you probably any, any goal for a college football head coach is to win a national championship. So you're taking a look at the easiest route to get there. It's probably not through the SEC. You had to play Alabama, Georgia, very good football teams. There's plenty of other teams in the SEC that are loaded with talent. When you come over the West Coast and you're talking about the Pac-12 Conference, sure, you have teams like Washington, Oregon, USC, Arizona State, UCLA that can have that potential of being big-time good programs. We've seen it at different times uh, in you know throughout the years of different programs in the Pac-12 being successful. But right now, it's really Oregon that is the dominant program in the Pac-12. So what's an easier path to get to a New Year's Six Bowl? You know, only playing, competing against Oregon or every other team in the SEC conference. Now, I think that probably probably wasn't like the number one factor in him coming over to USC. There's a lot of things that go into these type of decisions. I'm sure they offered him a pretty substantial contract. Uh, something that he probably couldn't pass up. They they probably had to propose a pretty high number to get him away from Oklahoma. And then, of course, there's the draw of being in Southern California. Not to say that Oklahoma isn't a lovely state. I've never been there. I'm sure it's wonderful. But you are in Los Angeles. It's a booming city. The weather is great year-round. You have unlimited resources at USC. Mike Bone will give you what you need. And that's something that – that's one of the reasons why Clay Helton was fired. They gave him every single resource – that he needed. And, and then they still weren't really able to get to where they wanted him to be. So, you know, I think that there, like I said, are a lot of reasons, a lot of factors that went into him making the switch over to USC. But I can say just from that perspective of, of looking at the easiest path to a championship, it's probably in the Pac-12 conference and not the SEC. Sorry about that. that was a timer on my phone, but to get back to your point, yeah, there's a lot of good things going on in LA you talk about Clay Helton's departure. I mean, the, the recruiting under Helton was an embarrassment. I feel like that's not a stretch to say, you know, you had, mm-hmm. I think at one point it was the actual University of Troy or Troy University, whatever it was, finishing ranked ahead of the men of Troy, the mighty USC Trojans with all that talent in their backyard. And you know that Lincoln Riley is going to turn that around. Uh, I think another cool point to get into, Claudette, um, you talked about, you know, the, the path to the playoff, um, obviously mm-hmm. in the Big 12, I feel like if they handled their business, they would have been more or less a shoo-in. But now you look ahead with them going to the SEC and just I feel like the floor is so much higher with all those teams in the SEC. Talk a little bit about the the conference parity that we think we might see here in, in the uh, Pac-12, given that, you know, Oregon's been the dominant brand. And then right. Utah ha- has been really good in the past couple of years this year, obviously playing against Oregon in the championship this week. But just I think the, the parity and, and having – two teams that are consistently pretty strong is is only going to be good for the Pac-12. I completely agree. And I think that this is really the move that the Pac-12 needs. If I'm the commissioner right now uh, of the Pac-12 conference, I'm like doing somersaults up and down because the Pac-12 has kind of been disregarded for these past couple of years. They haven't been as dominant as other conferences, specifically the SEC conference, just it's just a more competitive conference. That's just the reality. And without having your strong national brands like USC, like Washington, like uh, UCLA, Arizona State, Utah, being really competitive and having successful seasons, it does make the conference look not as competitive, right, as the SEC. So 
I think that if Lincoln Riley is able to rebuild this program and, you know, my hope is that it's he's able to do something fairly quickly. I'm sure that he's going to take a look at what USC has, the pieces. They got a lot of really talented freshmen that did actually see a good amount of playing time this year just based on injuries and, and depth issues. But I'm sure he's going to hit the transfer portal, uh, try to bring in some other guys. And if you can see him kind of rebuild this program these next couple of years, get back to a place where Oregon is, I think that's just going to be tremendous for the Pac-12 conference in terms of better, you know, uh, media right deals, game times. We're not going to have maybe some 7.30, 8, 8.30 uh, p.m. kickoffs anymore for USC, which has been basically every single game this season. Um, so I think it's only, you know, to have more uh, schools in the Pac-12 doing well, I think it's only going to be better for the Pac-12 conference as a whole. This next one, Claudia, is, you know, probably the the money question that they had for Lincoln Riley as far as, you know, what the future looks like for him in Los Angeles. And it's a loaded question, but I want to ask you, what what does tackling a rebuild look like for, mm-hmm. for Lincoln Riley at, at such a prestigious program and, and maybe some areas that you think he's going to be prioritizing or you would you would think he would prioritize? I think he will 100% need to prioritize bringing in some offensive linemen through the transfer portal. They're going to lose a couple of guys. Uh, just based on eligibility and, and being, I think a couple guys are going into their fifth or sixth year. Um, and then center Brett Nealon, we talked to him after the BYU game. He said he hasn't decided yet if he's going to come back. I would say if there's any year to come back, it's for sure this year, but there's still a couple of question marks there. Um, I think they're going to also want to bring in some key pieces for their defense. That's been an area that has struggled this year, specifically their defensive line. Um I think it's going to be really interesting, though. There, there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen at quarterback. You have Keaton Slovis that potentially is going to move on to the next level. I talked to uh, one of the guys from NFL Draft Bible on Sports Illustrated. He believes he's been hearing that Slovis is going to move on to the next level. Obviously, nothing confirmed yet, but that will be interesting. And then there's talk about uh, Oklahoma's freshman quarterback potentially coming over to USC following Lincoln Riley. As of now, he he hasn't made any, uh, of course, like moves, but um, how will that impact, you know, Jackson Dart, Miller Moss, if if they decide to bring in a guy like that? I think it's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure there's going to be some roster turnover. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'll sit down with each guy, kind of lay it out there for him. But in terms of like some of the key pieces, some of the freshmen, Corey Foreman, uh, Kalen Bullock, guys like that, I think they'll probably stick around. Another area that I feel like he's going to have to tackle when we, we did, we talked about this just a couple minutes ago, but recruiting, I feel like we got to circle back to that. I think that there's a lot of big names to watch. Obviously uh, you look at just the fallout from Riley's decision um, to, to go over to USC already losing uh, commitments from top 2023 prospects, uh, wide receiver, Brandon and I think I'm saying that right. And Malachi Nelson, who's out there in the Los Alamitos area, um, that's not too much of a shocker. You know, kind of figure that he would probably follow Riley to LA and then Relique Brown, uh, I believe the top all purpose back in the 2022 class, modern day guy would make sense to think that he would probably go over there as well. Um, but you look at the quarterback position, this timing is really interesting because they just lost a commitment from Devin Brown, who was one of the top performers at the elite 11 when, when you and I saw him there, Claudette and all these schools are coming after him. So I think, he's certainly a name to watch here when you think about, you know, there's, it's hard to find a coach that that is better at developing quarterbacks than Lincoln Riley. Totally. And 
I've spoken with Devin Brown uh, a solid amount. John Garcia Jr. has a relationship with him. Kind of from what we've gathered is that he he wanted to be at USC. He was all in at, on USC, but he just couldn't continue to be committed when there was so much uncertainty with who the head coach was going to be. So uh, I just talked to John about this yesterday. He thinks that you know priority one is getting Devin Brown on the phone and making sure he recommits to the Trojans. But there's some other guys that they're going to want to also focus on. Five-star cornerback, Damani Jackson, another modern-day guy, decommitted recently as well. He was at the UCLA game, took an official visit. Uh, this could be huge news for him. I, I, I'm not sure if he was even recruited by Oklahoma. I haven't looked into it that much. But, um, you know, if, if Riley still sees some potential in him, which I don't know why you wouldn't. He's a five-star cornerback. Cor- Uh, That could be also a guy to get on the phone. And then Malachi Nelson, as you mentioned, a guy who I also talked to at an Elite 11 uh, semifinal, I believe it was back in July or or June. And I asked him, this was before he had officially committed to Oklahoma. He was kind of wavering on USC, but but, uh, really liked Lincoln Riley and what Oklahoma had to offer. So I think this could absolutely be a very pivotal decision for him. One thing that I think that's really important and strategic about this hire too is that Lincoln Riley has been really successful in recruiting talent out of Southern California. And that's been a problem for USC, right? They had a great class in uh, 2021, obviously landing Corey Foreman, a lot of uh, other top players, Jackson Dart, run Gatorade player of the year. They brought in Miller Moss, another top quarterback. Um, But it has been an issue keeping Southern California guys in Southern California. They want to build a barrier around this area and not let guys go to Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, other programs like that. So I think it's great that he already has a proven track record of being successful in this state and can keep those guys here, which looks like people already decommitting potentially could flip their commitments. I think it's going to be even more uh, just great for USC and the success for this program long term. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Just a, yeah, just another reason why I think that this hire is good for the Pac-12, for the West Coast. I think we could see a significant shift in the top players leaving the region to go oh, play in the in the SEC, the Big Ten, what have you. Um, Clyde, I wanted to pivot here. I know we got a couple more minutes with you um, to concern, sorry, to tackle some uh, viewer questions. I put out a, a call to action on Twitter. If you're not following me already, go ahead and make sure to follow me at MTorus Sports. May not get to all of them, but wanted to tackle a couple of them. Um, this one kind of has to do with uh, Riley's staff and what we're thinking there. Coming from Derek, he said, I'm less concerned about the Riley hire than what type of assistant coaches he can bring on board. Who do you think he goes after? Anyone on Oregon staff? Does he try and retain Dante Williams for recruiting? Um, kind of a lot of areas to get into there, but um, just wanted to get some initial thoughts from you on that, Claudette. Um, yeah, I would be surprised if they retained uh, just to start, defensive coordinator Todd Orlander, their defense hasn't been a strength this season. I think they've given up around 225 points to pack all opponents. A clear example of it, I believe they gave up 62 points against UCLA. The tackling hasn't been a strong suit. Every single week we're at practice, we hear, oh yeah, we're working on um, you know, technique with tackling as we're going into week 11. That should probably be something that's worked on right in fall camp. Um, there are rumors that Oklahoma's defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, will be coming over. Nothing confirmed yet. As I mentioned, we're having a press conference with Riley this afternoon. So maybe we'll get some clarity on kind of his his plan uh, for, you know, building out his own staff. But I think the Dante Williams um, point is interesting. I've actually seen a few guys on Twitter, some recruits and current players say, hey, the reason why a lot of us guys are at USC is because of Dante Williams. And he's such a great recruiter, uh, has great relationships with a lot of guys. So people do want him to be retained. Now, if he gets offered maybe a defensive coordinator position somewhere else, maybe that's a better opportunity for him. Maybe he leaves. They'll probably have to offer him a good enough opportunity for, for him to stay on board. Uh, that, of course, being if Lincoln Riley does want to retain him. So. I think that you probably are going to see a good amount of turnover with the coaching staff. Uh, I could see him kind of wanting to come in, start fresh, bring in his guys. But of course, we won't necessarily have answers to all that until, you know, these next couple of weeks. And USC does have one more game against Cal, right, this Saturday. So all of the coaches, Dante is going to coach that game. And then from there, I think we'll get a little bit more clarity. Next question coming from Matt Smith. Thanks for your question, Matt. Love to know what thoughts are on Crystal Ball's pay and any extensions being discussed. Seems like he is criminally underpaid at this point. Uh, Mario Cristobal's contract has been a talking point. It feels like every year, I um, believe he signed a new contract uh, last season. Um, but obviously, you know, with with uh, the way that the team has performed, um, winning the Pac-12 North, and then I also believe it was winning 10 games. But, um, you know, just with the recent performances that we've seen from Oregon and the fact they're doing so well this season, he has earned um, some significant bonuses from what I can gather on uh, his contracts. But I think that when you see Lincoln Riley come in, I'm sure USC is going to throw the bag at him or did, but we just need to yeah. see the public contract details. Um, I think that if you're Oregon, you kind of have to take a step back and, and reevaluate things here, especially in what is probably one of the most chaotic, hectic years 
of the coaching carousel that we've seen in quite some time. And, and Cristobal has proven that he's worth the money. Yeah, and I think so. I actually saw uh, maybe Colin Coward or another big personality say that this the Lincoln Riley hire at USC is a move that would make Mario Cristobal want to go to Miami or somewhere else. Obviously, I don't think he's going anywhere. He has it's so good at Oregon. He's built a tremendous program there. But I think it will be interesting to see if he's able to use this at all as leverage, right, to get a new contract, uh, get more money, or possibly if other schools try to reach out to him. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's going to be something we have to follow for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, Claudette. I don't think that um, a lot of schools, you know, have a better situation right now than Oregon. Um, right. You know, you look at Miami being his alma mater, obviously that's significant, but they've been pretty bad. And then, you know, with the SEC being the cream of the crop of football, uh, I could see an opportunity there potentially be, I would, I would say that I think an opportunity there is almost more appealing than going back to Miami, even though that's, you know, where he's from and that's his alma mater. But uh, obviously, that's all speculation right now. And so we have to wait and see, you know, what comes up, um, you know, what what kind of uh, reports come out of all of that. Uh, Claudia, how much more time we got for you? I don't want to keep you longer than you're cool with. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. We're good. All right. Got a couple more keep here. Keep going, Mac. All right. A couple more here. Um, this one's a little bit more of an Oregon angle, but I feel like it's one of the most significant stories that we've kind of seen coming out here. This question coming from Bust a Bucket. Uh, pivot to the Moorhead news, please. Um, so, you know, for people who saw the report coming out from Pete Thamel last night about, uh, Moorhead emerging as the lead candidate to land the Akron head coach job, I think that that is a really interesting point, uh, especially when you consider the fact that he's only, this is only a second season at Oregon. Oregon's about to play in the Pac-12 championship. Um, there's a lot of really solid talent on the roster at the quarterback position, which is, you know, what Moorhead's working with. Uh, Ty Thompson is looking like the guy who's probably going to get the job next year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of want to wait and see what happens with this. It was definitely a shock to me. Um, but at the same time, you know, you look at the the offense this year and they've been running the ball really well. But I know that among the fans, there, there's definitely been, uh, you know, some frustration with a, a pretty limited passing attack for majority of the season. Yeah, uh, I, I can't speak too much on that just because you obviously are the Oregon expert and I am uh, all locked in on USC. But, I mean, I feel like anything can happen, right, in the off season, and, and this has been a very unique year for coaching changes. I mean, obviously, this, this news, news at USC is so monumental, so unexpected. But just the fact that you have so many powerhouse programs, LSU, my or Florida, uh, USC, I mean, even Jim Mora getting the job at UConn after being, quote unquote, you know, out of, out of the game for four or five years was spectacular news. And, and I think it's going to be interesting to see. I know Arizona's defensive coordinator just took a new job. Uh, so I think there, there might be some moving parts, you know what I mean, these next couple of weeks with a lot of programs. Yeah, we got a, a ton of storylines to follow. Um, I just think the biggest one really with USC and this hire has to be obviously what the on-field product is going to look like, but in the immediate yeah. future, it's got to be the recruiting trail and, and what happens between now and the early signing period, which begins on December 15th. Um, you know, kind of last one here, uh, questions coming from Matt Shane, Matthew Shane. Uh, he's a guy who's, uh, you know, pretty responsive on my Twitter. So thanks for the questions, Matt, Matthew. Uh, it's kind of a bunch of parts. So what I want to do here, um, Claudette, is maybe just throw all of them out there and then whichever one you think you want to tackle, I think would be uh, would be cool to, to do. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. 
All right. No. So uh, can Oregon increase Joe Salavea's pay so he doesn't join Lincoln Riley? Will Micah Pittman go to USC? And then will we lose uh, commitments uh, from Jaleel Florence, Jaleel Tucker, and Tetiroa McMillan to USC? Uh, tons of stuff to get into there. But um, I know that, uh, you know, Joe Salavea is the associate head coach for the Ducks. And, you know, he's kind of up there on the on the coaching ladder. Yeah, I think the the Pittman uh, question is interesting. Obviously, his brother, Michael Pittman, was a huge star at USC. Something that's interesting also about this year is they had Drake London, right? They lost him in the Arizona game, which has been a huge uh, bummer for their offense. They have some guys, right? Kyle Ford, Taj Washington, uh, some other receivers, uh, Gary Bryant Jr., but nobody has that it factor like Drake London. So I think that this offseason, they're going to be looking for some guys through the transfer portal to bring in um, to, to try to replace that lost production. I am assuming Drake London is not coming back next year. I mean, I saw on Twitter he posted like a mind-blown emoji over the Lincoln Riley News. And then uh, another a staffer at USC says, okay, so are you coming back now this year? I would doubt he's going to come back. I mean, he's just so talented. He's, he had a great year. Uh, why wouldn't you go to the NFL? But if he does leave, they're going to need to fill that lost production. And they just haven't been very productive with their other receivers this year. Their passing game has really struggled. They've really had a hard time in the red zone making some plays. They've relied heavily on their rushing attack this year. Uh, so I could see potentially that being a point of interest, right? I mean, there's the USC connection there already with his brother, Michael Pittman, being a Trojan. So I could definitely see see that one panning out. What was the third question? Uh, the the third question. So we had Salavea. That that was a question, and then uh, Pittman, and then it was talking about uh, Oregon commits: Jaleel Florence, Jaleel Tucker, and mm-hmm. Tyro McMillan. Those are all Southern California guys committed to Oregon, um, and kind of you know tackling that, and if there should be concern with with that, given that uh, Lincoln Riley got hired. Yeah, I mean, I think nothing is promised, right? When you're talking about high school athletes, you see guys flip, decommit you know, all the time. Um, I think uh, it would probably depend on how strong the relationship is currently with, with Lincoln Riley or whoever they were being recruited by on, on their staff, if they even were being recruited by Oklahoma. I haven't looked into that, so I'm not quite sure if those guys were or not. But yeah, I mean, I, I, if I'm Oregon, right, I want to make sure that anyone that has a connection to Lincoln Riley and his staff that I'm recruiting is staying put and not going to USC. So I'm, I'm calling them every single day. I'm making sure they're locked in on the ducks for sure. USC people will remember uh, was one of the three finalists for Tetero McMillan, Oregon, SC and Arizona were the, the three schools in the running there until the very end. So, um, you know, I, I, I feel, man, I, I want to say I feel confident about this, but I feel <laughs> like I'd have to, I'd have to talk to him. Uh, you know, to ultimately get his thoughts and, and maybe try to find some other sources to talk to. Cause I think when you're looking at the skill talent that uh, Riley has worked with some of the receivers that have come through Norman, look at CD lamb, um, mm-hmm. you know, that even though Riley's now at USC and those guys didn't go to USC, they, they were, you know, developed by, by uh, Riley and, and that offense that he was in. So um, can't say too much more on that. You know, I, it'd all be speculation at this point. I haven't talked to right. any of those players since that uh, since that hire came out, but some guys to follow, uh, Claudette. As we wind down here, obviously USC is going to be huge moving forward, especially in the minds of a lot of Oregon fans right now. Where can people find more of you? Oh yes, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Actually, I don't even know my username by heart because that, that is terrible. It is at. 
Claudette underscore MP. Also, you can check us out at alltrojans.com. We have a ton of stuff up right now on all the Lincoln Riley news, and we'll have a lot of more stuff uh, up this afternoon after the press conference as well. So be sure to check it out. Awesome. Well, appreciate you coming on the pod, Claudette. If you guys want to find more of me, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel where uh, you can find this podcast and see Claudette and I. Um, That's Oregon Football Max Taurus. Also be sure to uh, follow and subscribe to the Ducks Dish podcast and all your favorite podcasting apps. And then you can follow me on Twitter at mtaurussports. And we're at Ducks Digest for uh, all the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram platforms. That'll do it for this episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Thanks again to Claudette. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care and have a good day.